Okay, good morning. Welcome to the Energy Works Radio Show. Uh, today's topic is optimism versus pessimism. Now, sometimes uh, it's hard to be optimistic when things look difficult around us. And I think sometimes the problem is how we perceive the way that life goes. Like, even though there will be many hard decisions and hard things that happen, there are ways to perceive what happens as not being so terrible versus things being absolutely dreadful. And often what we perceive as really dreadful isn't really that dreadful and we will survive even if we have a difficult choice. So I wanted to read just a little bit from a book by Susan Jeffers. It's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And so this is from Chapter 7. It's called How to Make a No-Lose Decision. So this is what she says. One of the biggest fears that keeps us from moving ahead with our lives is, is our difficulty in making decisions. As one of my students lamented, sometimes I feel like I, the proverbial donkey between two bales of hay, unable to decide which one I want, and in the meantime, starving to death. The irony, of course, is that by not choosing, we are choosing to starve. We are choosing to deprive ourselves of what makes life a delicious feast. The problem is that we've been taught, be careful, you might make a wrong decision. A wrong decision? Just the sound of that can bring terror to our hearts. We're afraid that the wrong decision will deprive us of something money, friends, lovers, status, or whatever the right decision is supposed to bring us. Closely tied to this is our panic over making mistakes. For some reason, we feel that we should be perfect and forget that we learn through our mistakes. Our need to be perfect and our need to control the outcome events work together to keep us petrified when we think about making change or attempting a new challenge. So if the above describes you, I'm going to demonstrate that you are worrying needlessly. There is nothing to lose, only something to gain. Whatever the choices you make or actions you take in life. So as I stated earlier, all you have to do to change your world is to change the way you think about it. This concept works beautifully here. You can actually shift your thinking in such a way as to make a wrong decision or a mistake an impossibility. Let's begin with decision making. Suppose you were at a choice point in life. If you're like most of us, you've been taught to use the no-win model as you think about the decision to be made. The model looks like this, and you've got like right, uh, right, wrong, wrong, right, and then two arrows pointing to the choice, choice point. And you feel somewhat paralysed as you think of it in sort of life and death terms. So you stand at the threshold of the decision, lamenting and obsessing. Should I do this or should I do that? What if I go this way and that happens? And what if it doesn't work out the way I plan? What what if? And what if they're out in full force? Which is what I would call the internal lawyer. So the internal chatterbox is at it again. You look at the unknown and try to predict the future. You try to take control of the outside forces. Both are impossible. At this point, you might notice that you're driving yourself crazy. After After the decision is made, the no-win model makes you constantly reassess the situation, hoping you didn't make a mistake. You keep looking back and berating yourself with, if only I had. You waste, you waste valuable energy and you also make yourself miserable. 
You gain relief if the outcome is as you hoped it would be, but only temporarily. As you breathe a sigh of relief, you are already worrying that the situation might reverse itself and it might ultimately prove to be the wrong decision. Furthermore, you are already fearful about the next decision you have to make because you will have to go through the whole agonising process once again. Look familiar? Crazy, isn't it? Clearly, this is a no-win situation, but there is another way, the no-lose model. So go back and stand at the choice point again. This time, the situation looks like, and we'll put a little picture here, as you can see. So it's got on one side uh, path A, right, path B, right, and goodies along the way, all the way to the choice point. So... So notice that what lies ahead is simply two paths, A and B, both of which are right. Each path has nothing but goodies along the way. You are clearly facing a no-lose situation. And what are the goodies? They are opportunities to experience life in a new way, to learn and grow, to find out who you are and who you would really like to be and what you would like to do in this life. Each path is strewn with opportunities despite the outcome. What? Despite the outcome? Up. Up to this point, you may have been willing to go along with me, but those three words are making you a little dubious, if not downright resistant. What if comes up again in your thinking? Let me answer your what ifs with an example. Imagine if you have faced with the choice of staying with your present job or taking a new one that has opened up for you. If you stand at the no-win choice point, your chatterbox takes over and the craziness begins. If I stay here, I might be missing a very good chance to move ahead. But if I go, I, maybe I won't be able to handle my new responsibilities. What if I get fired on the new job? And then I have nothing. I really like it here. I'll have more opportunity to move ahead on the new job. Maybe they'll promote me and I'll be making more money. But what if I regret leaving? What if, oh, I don't know what to do. I could ruin my whole life if I make the wrong decision. If you, if you stand at the no-lose choice point, your fearless self takes over. Isn't it fantastic? I've been offered a new job. If I take it, I'll have the opportunity to meet new people, to learn new ways of doing things, to experience an entirely different work atmosphere and to broaden my base of experience. If something happens and it doesn't work out, I know I'll handle it. Even though the job market is difficult right now, I know somehow I'll find another job if I need one. Even that will be an interesting experience since I'll learn to deal with the loss of a job and learn to solve the problems that might come up if I am unemployed. If I stay, I have an opportunity to deepen the contacts I have made here. I really feel better about myself having been offered the other job. So if I stay, perhaps I'll ask for a promotion. If for some reason it doesn't work out here, there will be other opportunities to pursue. It's all an adventure, no matter which way I turn. So I, I think that's um, an interesting way to look at it, isn't it? That everything is an opportunity. There's a joke about um, the optimist and the pessimist, you know, standing, uh, standing on the top of the building and, you know, going to jump off. And so the optimist jumps off and he, halfway down he says, hmm, so far so good. But, of course, that's not really how our decisions go, is it? Uh, I think if you believe you're... Right, I can't know if I quote this correctly, but if you re believe you're right, you are, and if you believe you're wrong, you will be that too. So whatever we believe is really what will happen. 
So it's important here to actually um, decide, you know, what you would like to have a go at. Have a go, and if it doesn't work out, you know, there's no problem with, um, you know, talking it up to experience and learning from the experience. So um, pessimism is becomes so constraining, and it's, um, you know, becomes it becomes the truth because it's like that's what's going to happen because we believe that that's not going to be the right thing. So optimism is the opportunity to to learn to look at things in a different light, to see them as opportunities, to see everything that happens as as in the good side. And now I I know for me that's been a very hard thing in life. I've always felt like oh, I got it wrong. You know, when my, some of my kids um, went through difficult experiences, I and I've been a very strong mother. I just immediately went into self-doubt, doubting every decision I'd ever made, um, you know, not believing I was good. You know, my whole self-confidence got thrown out the window um, when they had problems. So, of course, you know, looking back, I can see that it was ridiculous to assume that uh, what I'm what I'm doing is necessarily... Well, the way that, the way that my, the way I'm doing things with my children is the reason why they make mistakes, which is wrong. And um, you know, the reason to um, the reason to believe that I'm doing it wrong is is you know what they're going through. But you know, they're teenagers at that time, and they needed to you know have experiences themselves and to learn things in their own way. So instead of just seeing, oh, you know, I could probably. I can still love them through the process and, you know, see what happens. I went into immediate doubt and, you know, I've done it wrong and maybe I should have said this or I could have done that or, you know, that, that whole deal went through my head and I went into this terrible spiral of um, not believing in myself, not believing in my worth, not believing that, you know, that I'd done anything right. And, um, you know, when people point the finger at you too because, you know, when my children went through their difficulties, you know, it was easy to say, oh, you, you didn't do this or you did do that, and then to take it on board. And I, 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 took the, uh, I took the side of, okay, maybe I did do some things wrong and uh, maybe uh, I, I could do better and I, whatever they went cook at me for, I apologised and said, well, I didn't know better, I did the best that I could. And even that act of acknowledging that I could have made a mistake and listening to their problems actually made a difference and the connection was reinforced. So often we feel if we take on the criticism that someone says and we accept it and acknowledge it and don't fight back that we're making it to be true, which is not the case. So the more that we can understand where people come from and listen to them, the more that they're going to be able to respond in a healthy way to us. Okay, so I see anyone that's on the call live, if you would like to ask a question or be included, you just press star 2 to um, to raise your hand. Uh, okay, so we now wanted to clear a little bit of energy around these things. And I think um, optimism is being able to find, was it Stuart Little movie, being able to find the silver lining in any in any situation and um, I think with um, you know with my family the silver lining was I learnt to become more 
able to give unconditional love and to be able to be accepting regardless of how people were and also being able to yeah being able to accept other people more and even perhaps accepting myself more although that took a little bit longer for me so if anything if I could give you anything it would be that to not take um, on board the negativity surrounding situations and not to see um, you know mistakes or difficulties as the end you know to try and see what good has come out of it and I did go through the breakthrough experience one time with um, John Martini, and he would get you to go through, you know, all the, you know, the person that you're most angry about, you know, the good parts about them and the bad parts about them and to uh, see when you demonstrated the, the same qualities, the good and the bad, what were the advantages of the good, what were the disadvantages, what were the advantages of the bad and what were the disadvantages. And the more that you did that, the more that you could see the thing that you were critical of, of the person that you were angry with, the more you could see you had the same traits. And it's like that um, saying, you know, if you point at someone, you have one finger pointing at the other person, but you have three fingers pointing back at you. And I think that's often how it goes. You know, when we get angry with other people and their actions, there's something about us that is annoying us because that person's demonstrating the same weaknesses and so we get a bit angry about that. So I guess it's ownership then, isn't it, of what upsets us. So some people are more methodical in their optimism versus pessimism. You know, they list the the good and they list the bad and, you know, and sometimes there's great merit in that because even if you look at the bad and you see, well, could I live with it? Well, yeah, I could, mightn't like it, but I could deal with it. And the good is, you know, helps you to see, well, yeah, things could change and this could happen and, and, you know, to see the good side of things happening. So the ability to step out of a situation and be a little bit more um, objective is a great skill to have. Now, I wouldn't say that I've mastered that one. I'm still learning and I can tend to go into fear and panic mode just as easily as the next person. So, you know, don't crucify yourself just yet. You're in good company. All right, so I just wanted to clear some energy around that. So so even if we say optimism is okay, that's not even holding strong. So I use my muscles to test and to ask on behalf of all that listen now and the ones that will listen in the future. So this is a generational problem. So that means we've inherited this attitude. Dad's side. Dad's dad. And there's some stuck emotions there. So these emotions are stuck in our genes. Um, the feeling of being cranky. And we'll go into the second chakra here. So the second chakra is around, um, just under your belly button, sort of around around your whole body in that way. And the, the chakras are actually like spinning energy that go around. And they bathe the organs in life. And they represent different feelings and aspects of ourselves. Okay, so the second chakra is weakened by guilt. Uh, low self-worth, believing you're flawed um, and unwillingness to forgive oneself. And that sounds like a lot of us, doesn't it? I know I have that myself too. So uh, recently my daughter had um, appendicitis and we had planned beforehand that we would go to a, um, well, it was called Trek and it was like a um, pioneer reenactment where you wore pioneer clothes and you pushed a handcart and you, you know you had to walk lots of miles or kilometers and um, you know we would 
planning for it, looking forward to it, eating better, got ourselves off sugar and, uh, you know, a whole heap of preparation. And then um, a few days before it was about to start, uh, she got sick. And, you know, first of all, she was vomiting and then she got the belly pain and eventually, you know, she kind of suspected that it might have been appendicitis and I think it ruptured before we even got to the hospital and then they couldn't decide exactly what was wrong so it was another 24 hours before she was operated. And so, of course, that meant to a longer recovery time, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. And so that made it quite difficult for me. And I know it made it difficult for her and she suffered a lot, but it also made me doubt myself. And so this is the pessimistic side, isn't it? That, you know, maybe I should have done this or I could have done that. And I think as mothers and as women and even as business owners, we often doubt ourselves and, you know, I made a mistake and this is so terrible. And really, you know, there's no mistake that's not recoverable from unless you kill someone. That's the only mistake that's, you know, that we really, you really have done you, you know, it's impossible to change because we can't bring back the dead. But apart from that, I think there's nothing in your life that you can't repair or fix. Now, some things, you know, um, include loss of trust. So you might have to re-earn trust. But for the most part, there is no mistake that you can make that is not fixable. So on that note, let's do I forgive myself, others forgive me. And it's not really others' feelings. It's our expectation of how we see others um, looking at us and thinking about us and, you know, it's almost, us putting ourselves in other people's shoes to see, you know, how we think we would would react. And, of course, we don't really know exactly how other people feel and it's the judgment that we make. And this is often the mistake, too, when we don't speak up truthfully about how we feel because we often are thinking how other people would like us to speak. We might not even have it right, so that's a big waste of time. All right, and we're going to plug in the vibration of jasmine oil all right, so that's pretty good now. Okay, six chakra now. So six chakra is about our intuition and you know trusting what comes into our head and how we deal with life. Um, it also involves skepticism around spiritual things. And I guess in this world we can be criticised for not just doing things in a logical, um, you know, straightforward manner, but. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for being logical and organised and reasonable. But I think you make far better decisions when you use your intuition and you use your gut feeling. I think when you use your gut feeling, you make the best decisions that you ever make. And even though you can't explain to someone why you made that decision apart from following your gut, it is always the best decision. And even though things might be a little bit tricky in the beginning, if you follow that through, it is always the best way to go. Okay, I grow in wisdom day by day. So six chakra, a bit more. So neurological disorders can go with that. Uh, so there's a generational problem here, dad's side. All right, and for somebody, there's a cranial fault. So it's like how the bones in our head sit isn't right. And it's on the back on the left side. And age 11. And there's some stuck emotions there and the feeling of being guilty. And we're going to go into the eight chakra, which is actually sort of goes in underneath the ground. So um, this is surrounded by, this is um, weakened by surrounding ourselves with man-made objects. And I guess we all do it, isn't it? I'm sitting here with a computer and, and a mobile phone around me and headphones and speakers and everything dangled around my neck. 
you know, I guess it's important to um, include nature around us and to be able to ground ourselves and to be able to connect a bit more to things that are not man-made. And then we're going to go into that tenth chakra. So the tenth chakra is the solar star chakra, and it's to do with our connection to the solar system. All right. So this particular um, chakra can involve autism, being bipolar, um, light sensitivity. Uh, gender confusion, osteoporosis, vitamin D deficiency, bone disease, sensory issues, food cravings, mm, that's me, impulsive behaviours and decisions, addictions to sex, food and power, hormonal issues, slow onset of puberty, adrenal fatigue, weight, diabetes, genetic disorders, skin issues. So there's a whole heap of stuff covered there. The way to strengthen this particular chakra, though, is outdoor activities, gratitude for seasons, enjoying seasonal activities, embracing the light and our shadow self. So we need to, you know, be okay with the good parts and the bad parts of us. Embracing our femininity and our masculinity, because we all have both. Having fun and laughter. And I think, you know, for me, I've felt a lot of responsibility and, you know, I have, you know, I have seven kids not all living with me. And, I, you know, I have a chiropractic business and I'm, you know, doing energy work and um, I also do some essential oil, um, an essential oil business as well. So I have a lot of things on my plate and I can tend to be too serious, take myself too seriously and forget to have laughter and joy. So, you know, this optimism and pessimism can really uh, drive our life that you know everything becomes life and death situation and we forget to enjoy life and you know life's here for us to enjoy it not just to um, you know only do all the right decisions and sometimes the right decision is to have fun <laughs> all right so in the balance of rest and play which I find hard to have that correct balance all right I always have a choice as an affirmation here okay and I think that's important to believe that we always do have a choice that, um, you know, life is always giving us the opportunity to learn from whatever decisions we choose. And I think that idea that um, Susan Jeffers talked about how, you know, the the win, the win decision way where, you know, whatever path you take to get where you want to go, um, there's always goodies along the way and the, the learning and the experience that come. And chakra 11 now. Uh, you know, I often have people come in, you know, as, as a chiropractor and they'll, oh, you know, I have a sore back or I have a, a sore this or a sore that. And if I muscle test them and say, you know, I'm okay without my sore back or I'm okay without my neck pain or my migraine or my belly ache, then usually their arm goes weak and it's like, no, I'm not okay without it. And it's like, but I don't want it. And of course, well, no, you don't. But it's like, what do you need to learn from it? And so a lot of understanding then comes through um, their physical problem. And so, you know, once we sort of get past that initial, you know, oh, I don't want it, to, oh, okay, you know, and often having the sore back or whatever is actually a blessing because it brings you to have help and it brings you to address what the problems are hiding underneath. If you didn't have the problem, you wouldn't listen, you wouldn't learn. So the problems are actually a blessing because they uh, focus our mind on what is really important. So the 11th chakra deals with um, what they call the Akashic Record. So it's like we might call it the Book of Life. Every experience that's happened to us is all recorded within our energy field. So all our thoughts, our experiences, 
um, our feelings. So everything is stored. And so this is about the unveiling of your true self, you know, sort of overcoming the ego, which is the, you know, the negative voice in your head and learning to, you know, just be who you are and to follow what's, what's in your heart and to do what you feel is really right for you. All right, so a little bit more generational stuff here on mum's side, mum's mum, and it goes back further, six generations, a group, group of women. All right, so let's say optimism is okay. Um, I no longer need my pessimism. It's okay for me to be objective, so that one doesn't hold. And there's a little bit more generational stuff under that from dad's side, dad's mum. There's also a timeline connection to this one, age 17. And some stuck emotions, feeling of being confused. And uh, also zealous. So sometimes we want to make the decision that we feel is the right decision and sometimes it's making a good decision perhaps but for the wrong reasons. So it's important that our emotive be um, in our best interest and other people's best interest too but um, you know it has to be in a situation where you know like, like it's no good helping someone because oh I should help someone it, it, you need to help someone because you want to help someone otherwise there's no point doing it they can tell you don't really want to and it doesn't really help you and you know it's like doing something by being forced it's not the best thing to do and that brings up the third chakra and that's also got a generational component to it. Dad's side. Dad's dad. And the feeling of being competitive. And for some people, com competition is a really good thing because it makes them try harder and do better. But for other people, it's harmful. And, you know, it's no good um, always trying to compare yourself to other people. You need to be who you're supposed to be and compare yourself to you perhaps a year ago or six months ago to see, you know, that you've changed or done better. And that's pretty good now. So uh, I, I would like to um, encourage you to, you know, take a look at how you look at things and to feel that you um, can do things for the right reasons and, you know, not be so hung up on whether it was a mistake or not. I think whatever mistakes you make, you are able to recover from those, you know, learn from it. There's always goodies on the the way up either side. So you know, don't beat yourself up so bad if you do make a mistake. You know, just keep learning and, and be grateful for the experience that's come through that. Uh, I hope you have a great day. Um, thanks for being with me today.